Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Open the velvet rope, welcome into the VIP lounge and get yourself some bottle service. The Phoenix Suns defeat the Los Angeles Lakers 130 to 104. I guess we can call them the Los Angeles Lakers. Really, Dennis Schroeder and Pat Beverly were only the two players that you really recognized out there tonight, but the Suns took care of business without Devin Booker. We are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Use that code PHNX when signing up. I'm Aspo, your host. He is Saul Bookman. Gerald is out at the Footprint Center, and Lindsay is still in health and safety protocols. Saul, what do you think of tonight's game? What do you make of it off the top? Here? Uh, it was much like the Clippers game. Uh, last week where it was just it was it, it's not a get right game because now this is three in a row that they won but two of those three were against teams that were severely depleted and didn't have any stars playing so uh, you, you're glad you won it looked like uh, CP3 was trying to get um, working out some some of the kinks that have plagued him this year and thought he played well and and we move on yeah look we we learned uh, after that five game losing streak and that 10 game stretch that a win is a win, and you take it when you can get it. But this isn't one that I uh, I write home about and say, hey, look, everything's right in Suns world. They did what they were supposed to do tonight uh, and, and took care of a Lakers team that had no business being in it. And uh, they made it interesting at times, but the Suns uh, led for all but two minutes, and uh, I believe it was 30 seconds in this game, two minutes and 39 seconds, uh, the Suns team uh, didn't lead for in this game. They led 44 minutes, 41 seconds throughout it. Uh, I think it's time to ask, what's in the box? Let's take a look at what's in the box score tonight. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, as we said, Suns. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Do you right not? Now? Do you what? not? Have you not seen seven? What's in the box? No. Oh my god, you've never seen seven. Mm-mm. That is one of the most famous scenes in movie history. I'll, I'll let you know. Spoiler alert. There's a head in the box. It's yeah, yeah. It's, I've, uh, I've heard about all that, but it, I didn't know that it's his wife's it was, head in the box. It was said like that. It was said like that. Uh, anyway, so son, your sons defeat the Los Angeles Lakers 130, 104, as we said. Uh, dominated on the boards tonight. Uh, they won that battle, fifty-one to thirty-eight. Uh, Twenty-two points off turnovers to the Lakers seven, and I think the most important and most interesting stat tonight: one Kuzma in attendance for the Suns. It could have been for both teams, though. It could have been, but I'm going to say it was for the Sun. Sure, because sure. he was in Phoenix tonight. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there was uh, a Kyle Kuzma sighting. Don't get too excited, all right? The Wizards are in town tomorrow night to play the Suns. So, you know, maybe he needed something to do before he went out to Scottsdale. Yeah, I mean, listen, he he they he just played the Lakers last night, lost to the Lakers. Now he's in town for the Suns tomorrow night. Um, you know, hey. It's cool that he's in town. Hopefully, the Suns fans showed him some some love and uh, you know told him that they they wish he was here and hope that they, he does get to come here. I think I think things are. Uh, I'm just gonna say I feel like things are moving. So something's got to happen at some point, whether it's with Kuzma or somebody else. I don't know, but uh, pretty cool. I I feel like that's a message. I don't think he. Wa- I don't think a guy that plays in the NBA really is like you know what I got a down night. You know what I should do. 
go watch more basketball. Like, uh, I, I don't know, man. When you're I, on the road, you got nothing else to do. And if you don't want to go, you know, get all jacked up in Scottsdale, um, why not kill the night? Go, Listen, go get a nice dinner. One of the things they get nice dinners all the time. Like just about <laughs> probably every night they can go to a nice dinner. So, so I, I, I don't know. I, my perception of it is like guys love ball. Like these guys, these NBA players, they love ball. Um, and it's much better when you don't have to play. That's true. I mean, so you get it to is more enjoyable. When it's you very can watch. rare that that gets to happen during the season. That's fair. Also, shout out to the Girthlings who all got the movie reference. And one uh, gentleman had a deep cut. He thought it was from the movie UHF, which is another one of my favorites. Weird Al movie there. But let's talk Wait, about some of the all. stats. I saw like two comments. They were like. Five people referencing different things. John Doe as the upper How hand. How many people do we have from in the Killer chat right Rex. now, Jacob? Matt talking about it. I'm um, 130. Yeah, oh, well, yes, all of them. All, but only 15 all, likes. Hey, so all these fuckers can all like All the this ones video. commenting. Jacob, nobody <laughs> told you you could talk. Where's Emma when we need her? Uh, so let's talk Jesus. about let's talk about Damn. some of the actual stats though that we saw there. Suns won won the uh, <laughs> won the battle of the boards tonight, which is which is important. When you're playing an inferior team, you got to limit the number of opportunities they get. I thought they did very well on the boards tonight. No, yeah, I mean they 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 handled their business tonight. I mean I'm just gonna keep going back to this. They handled their business tonight. I thought Da started off very very strong. Um, he was assertive. He was ready to go uh, on the boards. He was he was solid. Uh, they didn't give up a lot of sloppy boards. Uh, for the most part, there was a couple of things here and there. You know, I thought Bryant for the Lakers was um, more of a nuisance than anything else. But, uh, it, you know, hey, it was a solid performance all the way around. Like, you, the Suns are at a point right now because of the the little slump that they had before um, the last couple games where they just needed to get some things kind of worked out. They needed some fundamentals worked on. They needed to get back to the basics um, and play good team basketball. And you saw that tonight, especially on the rebounding side. Yeah, definitely. And uh, points off turnovers, 22-7, to seven, another area the Suns dominated. And one of the guys that uh, was particularly well in the transition was Chris Paul tonight. Finished with 28 points, uh, shot 50% of the field, 9 of 18, uh, was 3 of 5 from 3. Uh, so pretty good night for him. He's now 8 of 13 from downtown in his last two games. He's starting to find a bit of a rhythm. But what I liked about him tonight was they didn't have Book to play point guard. Uh, they didn't have campaign to back him up. So they went away from letting other guys necessarily take the ball up court. Chris Paul was back more in his element being the guy that had the rock in his hand, hit some of those middies, hit those open threes when he got them. I, I liked what I saw, but I'm not overreacting because it was this depleted Lakers team. Well, yeah, it was, you know, I think in the first half they did try to experiment a little bit more with that. Um, they gave Landry an opportunity to to run the point, and Landry was hot dog shit in the first half. It was not good at all. And I don't care what anybody second says. Half second half, he was better. <laughs> but in the first half, he was not good. Um, and it kind of forced the Sun's hand. Uh, even though that second unit did play fairly well and caused a lot of havoc out there, um, they just didn't have any scores. And so that, that was that was more problematic. And I think that's why you saw Monty leave Chris Paul in there in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, um, because he needed some scoring. He wanted somebody solid. To be, to be able to handle the ball. Uh, D.A. didn't even play in the fourth quarter, um, which, you know, it, you know, for a guy that had 21-plus and, and 11-plus, like... I'm okay with it, though, coming off the ankle injury. Mo most of the time, if he only played 25 in a game he was playing, well, I'd be right there with you and go, why is he playing 30-plus? But coming off the injury, big men with, uh, with some ankle issues, you know, you want to make sure you're keeping them safe. Yeah, but at the same time, nobody ices out DeAndre Aiden like Monty Williams, so I, I don't know I what agree. to take away from that. I agree there. When he was in, they kind of went away from him. He had, I believe, 13 in the first quarter, and then uh, it only finished with 21 because they didn't quite they didn't go back to him. One of them, a nice three that he hit at the top of the key. I'm glad he took advantage of that. Uh, by the way, Regina Hall, shout out to you and Chris, uh, your son who watches the show in the chat. Thanks for being part of the Girthlings tonight. Uh, I'm not sure that they can win an NBA championship this year, but we'll talk about uh, the Suns. Oh. Yeah, I'm not I think sure. she's asking about the Thunder. Well, the yeah. Thunder definitely can't win a championship this year. That's not going to happen either. But uh, so 
with Chris Paul out there tonight and the shooting he had, 28 points, 8 assists, I think it's time to name him our DraftKings king of the game. Uh, really, you know, we had talked about DA, but then it sat the fourth quarter. So what the hell? Jacob with the crown placement on DeAndre Ayton while Chris Paul is behind him patting him on the back. Jacob can't even get the assignment right when we make it easy for him. Yeah, you know, Chris Paul, this is just a this is a this is actually a pretty good photo because he's he's slapping DeAndre Aiden on the back, telling him to go sit down on the bench so that way he could pass his stats in the fourth quarter <laughs> and become king of the game. Because originally we did have DA as the king of the game at the end of the third quarters. quarter. Yeah. And then he didn't see the floor in the entire fourth, and Chris Paul dropped some buckets, and here we are. We sure we sure he's not about to smack DA in the side of the head like why are you screwing up on uh, on that last play kind of thing? I mean, we hear Chris Paul's a dick all the time, right? So Chris Paul, our DraftKings king of the game, 28 points, 8 assists, uh, shot 50% from the field. Another good night for him. And if uh, you want to have a good night, the DraftKings Sportsbook app is a great place uh, to do that. With the NBA season heating up, it's time to place your bets. Uh, you can do that on any game. I mean, you had you had a, multiple games you were betting on tonight, right, Saul? Yep, and I lost them all. Yeah, but you had fun betting on them. You were checking them out during the game. I was more yeah. into the fantasy football because we're in the playoffs. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, Chris Paul was supposed to give me a double-double. Lost came that. Close, too uh, short. And then Mikhail Bridges was supposed to give me a double double. He came woefully short. Uh, I got the Suns money line right, but that didn't really mean anything. So <laughs> was it? It was a parlay. So and then money. the fucking Spurs. Are you <laughs> kidding me tonight? The Spurs beat the Rockets by like twenty, and I lose. Uh, that's the only one I missed an eleven team parlay. You fuckers. Well, look at. Uh, uh, look at that, Saul. If you want that kind of emotional roller coaster like Saul had this evening, the DraftKings Sportsbook app is here for you. Uh, and I recommend it taking advantage right now because if you download the app and sign up using the promo code PHNX, you place $5 on a pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game, you're going to get $150 in free bets if they do. It is just that easy. Again, use that promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Congratulations, Chris Paul. Also, in addition to that, uh, you know, gambling and beer go hand in hand. I don't know if you know that. Uh, But we have our holiday cheer box, compliments of Four Peaks, our friends over there. It's an advent calendar for beer. It's fantastic. It is number 19 today. You want to do the honors today? I will. Let's see All what right. it is So Espo's going to break this bad boy open. Uh, but, again, uh, we have so many cool events coming up. we got the PHNX Tea Party coming up on January 13th, uh, presented by Four Peaks. And so that's going to be a fun time out there on the golf course at Dobson Ranch. If you don't know about it, uh, hello. You're missing out on the most epic golf event of the year. Uh, we're going to have a, a 41 bays. You can have a. You can play as a single. You can play as a foursome. Uh, kids 10 and under get to play in a, a, a free clinic out there. We have a putt-putt challenge. We have a three-point contest because we have a basketball hoop out there. Uh, just a bunch of cool stuff uh, for everybody, for you and the family. So come on out. We're going to be watching the Timberwolves versus the Suns, and we're going to be doing our pre- and post-game show out there. So, uh, again, presented by Four Peaks. And if you're going to partake, partake responsibly. 21 and over, please. 40, 41 Bays, B-A-E or B-A-Y? You know what it All is. All right, just wondering. By the way, the Impale Ale, number 19 in there. I don't know how I feel about it, though, because it does look like salad on on it, and I usually avoid greens at all costs. But I'm sure the beer tastes fantastic. Uh, I would I would love to try it, but I don't have a bottle opener yeah. over here. It's so. a good thing too because you're shaking the shit out of that bottle. I, am. <laughs> hey. I got a bottle opener right here. No. You want to try? I'll aim at your direction, just like <laughs> just like last show when that uh, Redberg Lager exploded as well when oh we were doing goodness. the show. Uh, let's look a little bit beyond uh, you know Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton tonight. I mean, we know that they both played really well but if you look across the board there were six guys in double figures for the Suns team tonight it was a complete effort when you look at it uh and I, you know we we complain about uh Mikhail Bridges inconsistency uh tonight he wasn't great from the floor he shot 43 percent seven to 16 but he did have 20 points in this game and uh you know 
I think we got to at least acknowledge that he went out there and he got points when they needed it tonight, even though he wasn't the greatest percentage from the floor. You're talking about Landry Shamit? No, I'm talking about freaking Mikhail Bridges. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, got, I got distracted by a comment. My bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's not really much to say about Mikhail Bridges. He he hit his open shots in the first first half. After that, you didn't really notice him on the court at all. No, he had that he one. fizzled away, and that was about it. He didn't really make much of an impact outside of, you know, defensively he just does what he does. But offensively, he was he was okay. You know, it's a weird game when he's playing at the start of the game defense on Pat Beverly. Like, they felt like that was the most important guy to put your defensive stalwart He on. should have been on Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> he should have. Schroeder finished him with 30 tonight. But one of the good things about Mikhail only played 30 minutes tonight where he's usually upwards of 38 to 40, uh, easy on a nightly basis. He only came in at 30. Damian Lee came up big tonight. I liked what I saw for Damian Lee. Instead of starting Shamit, they started Damian Lee. He went 5 for 10 from three-point land, 50%, had those 15 points and six rebounds as well to go along with two assists. This guy is one of those guys that we looked at and went, okay, so they – Signed a guy from uh, Golden State who's Steph's brother-in-law. Great. But every opportunity he gets, he steps up uh, and he does it well. I feel like I've hit the throwback machine. I, I feel like, like Damian Lee was was solid. Again, like the whole team was solid. Nobody was spectacular. outside. You could even say Chris Paul was was really, really good tonight. So I, I won't say he wasn't spectacular. He had a couple moves. He had a couple moves that I felt like, um, you know, Threw you back to last year, the two years before, where he kind of did some people, uh, which was nice. <laughs> but in terms of Damian Lee, you know, again, he hits the open shots when necessary. He always seems like he hits a key three when when it seems like the other team's about to make a run. Um, and he's just a dog overall. So um, always happy with him. While I was saying throwback is I felt like we're about to go down this whole damn roster and give no. flowers to every single person no, right I now. <laughs> I, no, I'm not going to go full Lindsey Smith on you. Tonight, uh, for sure. But I do want to, we had a large discussion on Saturday night about Josh Akogi. Uh, and he had a few moments uh, in this game that I thought uh, were pretty spectacular. He did, unfortunately, leave the game uh, with an injury, uh, a sore something, because apparently the only thing that the Suns get injured with is soreness. There's never anything other than soreness uh, when they have an injury. But Akogi played Nine minutes, uh, grabbed three boards, but had a spectacular 360 layup, which I didn't think I'd ever utter the word spectacular 360 layup, but it was pretty impressive uh, out there. I enjoyed that moment. Uh, that was probably my favorite moment from this game because there wasn't a lot of excitement, uh, but Josh Akogi doing a 360 uh, layup was pretty impressive. <laughs> it, it was. I don't know what to say to that because I don't know if I need to break that down or not. Well, I, I thought you wanted to get back into your your Kogi is, he, uh, is more so important he, than Chris he, Paul. He jumped, he jumped off his left foot. You did, you did, I, I just thought you might want to tell me Kogi is more important than Chris Paul this evening. That's not what I said. That's you, not what I said at all. Did you give you this the fucking update? guy. And we were like, what? somebody literally said at the start of the show, they can't. They can't argue about Chris Paul tonight because it was pretty obvious. I completely agree. <laughs> and yet you. this freaking you. pest over here is trying to find a way to make this argument all over again. And I'm you, not happy. You heard it here first. Saul agrees with me. Uh, so let's take a look at our PHNX factor of the evening. This is a guy that his impact on the court may not have been uh, the biggest, but was important. Uh, Tory Craig tonight came out the gates uh, and was a man possessed on the boards it was unbelievable. i finished the game shooting 85%, including a hundred percent from deep four of four had 17 points. I loved, and it was his birthday. I loved what we saw from Tory Craig. I need to see more of this when he goes back to the bench, uh, either when they acquire Kyle Kuzma or when uh, Cam Johnson's back. This is the kind of kind of performance that Tory Craig really can have an impact on this team. Yeah, I mean Tory Craig's always had an impact on this team. Even going back to last year when he played so poorly, that had an impact on this team. You know what I mean? So when when Tory plays at a high level, um, the Suns are a different. They're just a different team. They got a little bit more depth. Uh, they're a little faster on the court because he gives you that versatility to be able to get out and run. Um, he's a terrific all-around player, and he's one of the key cogs of this team. And so um, to see him perform like he did tonight is no shock. He's been basically been doing that all season long, just 
you know, offensively, you know, maybe he doesn't give you 17 points every night, but the effort uh, is seemingly always there. And when Torrey Craig gives you effort, he gives you opportunities because of the rebounding, um, the extra hu- hustle effort. Uh, and so it's, it's great to see it. And 32nd birthday. Congratulations to Torrey Craig. 32 is the best number ever. Well, his, his athleticism continues to surprise me, right? He had that play where McHale was in no man's land under the basket uh, and Torrey came out of nowhere coming down the lane and almost posterized a guy and uh, unfortunately got fouled pretty hard and didn't get to finish it. But I love just the sneaky athleticism and it's great to see him hitting his threes again this year. That's what he did uh, in the finals run season was uh, he came in and he hit those threes effectively. Didn't do that down the stretch last year, which made that impact slightly less for him. Uh, if he if he has this rhythm, uh, I, I don't want to get overly excited about this team, but you start looking at it and you go, if they get healthy and what some of these bench guys have been able to do in spot starts and, and long-term stretches, they may have something here uh, and this experience may actually help him out down the road um i'm, I'm not going to go there because i'm i'm about a hundred percent committed to the fact that they need to get another score in, in oh, the I house agree. um i don't care what the bench does um i just feel like they need that one extra piece that's going to help out book and 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 chris paul in the playoffs like so um, you know, it's, it's nice if they play well, if the bench lo- unit doesn't drop off, then obviously that's a, that's definitely a feather in your cap. But, um, I don't think that anything this team does right now as it's constructed will win a championship and that's the ultimate goal. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, again, you got to improve and you got to pl- improve in your performance. So yeah, I would say that, that their improvement can mean a lot in terms of how far you can go, but you know, whether that's the first, second, or third round to me is is really the answer. I don't know about championship. Girthlings in the chat are talking a lot about Kuzma. You brought up needing to trade for a scorer. Is he enough? Is he that guy in your mind? <clears throat> uh, I, he's, he's, I don't know that he is in mine. He's better than what you have, which is nothing in terms of Jay Crowder. Yes. Um, but I don't know if, if that's really the thing that sets it over the top. Now, it depends on his consistency. If he can be a consistent player um, for this team, then you look at a lineup, okay, of let's just say it's going to be CP3 book, and then you have Mikhail, um, and either Kuz or, C, uh, or or Cam. I don't know what which way they would go. And then um, you obviously DA, and then you would have C, uh, campaign. Let's just say it's Cam Johnson off the bench, mm-hmm. Tory Craig. Now you now you're kind of back to where you were two years ago with the depth, feeling pretty good. I just still feel like they might need another smaller, an, another piece, maybe a, a a consistent, a more consistent outside shooter. Because the one problem that you're going to have, especially off the benches, campaign Landry Shamit. Those are like your two outside shooters on that bench well, unit. I- and, Shaman, and Cam Johnson, may, obviously, Shaman may be a part of a deal you make too. So well, you got to hope so because Sham is. I mean, I literally as soon as I said this, he hit a couple threes and had a couple <laughs> nice yes. shots. But I, I said before before that little run he had, I felt like, man, am, are we watching a G League player? Because that's about yeah. the type of production we're getting from him overall. Oh, yeah. Can't I hit mean, a shot. Four, four damn of near, twelve. Damn near airballed a layup, like a wide open layup. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what is this guy doing out here? So yeah, I and look on the Kuzma front, I kind of worry it's a good step. Uh, uh, Good stats on a bad team guy. He, they're eleven and twenty. Uh, you can worry about that, but he did produce when he was with the Lakers and they won a championship too, as a role con- player. But you said because consi- that's what he would be. You said consistently he wasn't exactly consistent as a role player for the Lakers, and he's a guy only shooting forty six percent and thirty three from three. So you're to your point, you're going to need to get another shooter. You can't. This won't be the only answer. I mean, you hope Cam Johnson opens things up, but I do find it very interesting that he was sitting there tonight, uh, and if that's some kind of signal that at least there may be some uh, talks going on to, uh, it, right now for the Suns in terms of trying to acquire a guy like Kuzma to at least fill part of the role that they need. Uh, you know who we never have to worry about in terms of filling a role that we need? And more furniture, because these chairs come up 
big night in night out and the chairs in our viewing area are continually uh spectacular the recliners to watch games you made that call on building that area i and i don't think you could have made a better call than those uh, recliners for more furniture uh if you're looking to add some uh nice furniture any room in your house that you're looking for more furniture has their holiday clearance event that's happening right now and you can save up to 50 percent off from now until saturday christmas eve if you're looking for a last minute gift more furniture's got you covered uh and if you're looking for a little fun on your christmas and you're looking to make a little scratch because maybe you overspent on the gifts well the underdog fantasy app's going to give you that opportunity plenty of games I like how you always on. plug the gambling sites as a way to make your money hey, why not? like <laughs> invest in us we'll take I care didn't of say you it. i'm just saying <laughs> if you're if you're looking to try to make a little scratch uh, you know, you're, the stock market's closed on Christmas Day. Uh, your savings account ain't making you that much on Christmas Day. Uh, you can't really sell the toys you just bought for the kids on the, on the, Facebook. The, the, so go to Underdog but, and t- and try your try your hand. You got the, NFL. You got NBA. But the funnest thing about Underdog isn't even the the gambling necessarily. It's like all the different types of like games you can play to, in order to. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna win some money. Yeah, but like my favorite part is just talking shit to my friends. Uh, here at PHNX that want to lose to me all the time. So that's that's the funnest part to me. Yeah. Uh, so you can talk use that to term your friends. friends loosely after yeah. you talk so much shit to them. Yeah. But well, you can do it. They've at least got I didn't say deal. our producer sucks balls. Well, he does. <laughs> I mean, I shared office with him. I could say it. He can't even place the, the <laughs> crown on I mean, the right that's, guy. That's basically said that at the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> what did I do? Lindsay told us the assignment, and here we are. This. You failed at your job. I was defending you, Jacob. But if... Jacob, if you want to get back at me, why don't we play one of the underdog fantasy uh, day drafts, a single single day, multiple games. You and I maybe saw we'll get one of the schmucks from ASU on, and we can uh, we can draft and see who can win. No, I'll just play yeah. you Madden and drop a hundred on your yeah, head. That's because fine. You can't play for shit. Uh, ooh, ooh, good. You can beat okay. me in a kids game. Congratulations. Kids uh, if, game. if you don't this want to play guy. Xbox and waste this your time, guy. go into that uh, underdog <laughs> fantasy app. You can play those daily fantasy games. You can also play their pick 'em, which is easy. Higher or lower on stats, if you string five together and you get them all, you're going to get 20 times your money, whatever you uh, whatever you place on it. Uh, that one is my favorite. I've enjoyed that all year. So make sure you do that. And when you sign up for that Underdog Fantasy app at underdogfantasy.com or when you download it in the App Store, sign up using the promo code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog fantasy make sure you do that also uh for those of you asking about injury updates and things of that nature we're going to wait for gerald to show up and then we'll follow up with him because he's going to have the latest uh more than we do so we'll we'll keep you posted once yeah. you get on girth should be here shortly uh look we've talked to chris paul a lot okay we've uh, we've discussed the faults where we think he is on his career arc, does tonight change anything for you? Does tonight make you feel like, all right, maybe there's enough there that he can help this team at times? The the only thing that the only thing that did change my mind a little bit was maybe I have this misperception of Chris Paul and his ability to get ready for a season because EJ pointed out that um, you know obviously coming into the to the year. Um, training camp was just it's just kind of whatever for veterans at this point um and then he got hurt and now it's like he's he's having to play himself kind of back into game shape um and so with that regard i i will say okay yeah maybe it's a little too soon to write him off i'm not gonna say that that he's washed right but my thing from the very beginning was if you were going to lose chris paul's scoring ability Sorry, the stupid-ass phone won't shut up. <laughs> if you're going to lose Chris Paul's scoring ability, somebody else had to make that up, and it just didn't look like it was there. And I'm not so certain that 28 points against a completely depleted um, Lakers team is really what's going to make me feel great about it. However, however, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And it looked like he was really trying to get to some certain spots. He was trying a couple different things, trying to reminisce and get back to the Chris Paul of old, if you will, 
Um, so that makes me feel a little bit better. I will feel much better uh, the next time they have a solid test and and it's a you know and the stars are playing and it's a tight battle. What he can do down the stretch because that's that's exactly what um, we need. You know the Suns aren't gonna they're only gonna go as far as Da Mikhail and Cam can take them unless Chris Paul can find old Chris Paul. Then that changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. Uh, this this entrenched me in my thought that we talked with Gerald about the other night. The fact that. I think Monty is misusing him. They keep talking about Chris Paul isn't comfortable shooting the ball off and being off ball, right? Then why are you putting him in the situation to do that? Tonight they didn't put him in that situation because they couldn't, and he thrived. He played very well tonight. He looked like the guy that that we've seen over the last handful of years. Now, do I think he'll be that guy every night? No. But I think if you put him in a position to succeed, you're going to see him hit those middies. You're going to see him hit open threes like he did tonight. And and he was effective with finding his teammates, too. To me, part of this is Monty Williams putting him in in the wrong spot. I disagree um, because Chris Paul is is valuable in terms of his his intangibles and, and kind of leadership out there on the floor, whether he's handling the ball or not. Um, and you're trying to limit you're trying to limit his 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 minutes at point guard because I'm telling you, playing point takes far more out of you than any other position outside of maybe running up and down the court like Da does, uh, banging with the big boys down low. Maybe that, but even even that, the the toll it takes physically to con- continuously be pressed up 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 the court, trying to get around defenders, set the offense up. Like I know he's in you know 17, 18 years. But it just it still takes a toll. So if you can limit that toll and distribute it with everybody else, cool. The problem with Chris Paul is he's been far too hesitant on the offensive side of the ball to shoot the ball at all. And when you do that, teams start to figure out you don't really want to shoot, and they sag back and they can defend the other guys a little harder, which has kind of made the offense a little sticky, if you will. He's gotta he's gotta be more assertive. So I don't really agree with the fact that. If you want Chris Paul to play 30 to 34 minutes at point, he's not going to last in the playoffs. Okay. He just won't. But to me, you're asking a guy to do something that he hasn't in his 18 years uh, in the NBA. You're you're now asking him to change what was inherently him in terms of his offensive game, which I don't think is fair. And I think this speaks to a roster flaw. You don't have a true backup point guard. I love campaign. Campaign isn't a true backup point guard, and he's not one that can stay healthy. So you can't limit, can't naturally limit Chris Paul's minutes at point guard because you don't have a guy that can come in uh, and fill in uh, where he could just be simply on the bench. So now you gotta, uh, you gotta screw around and put him in this hybrid two guard position that it does not fit who he is or his game. So I think this is somewhat on James Jones for not finding that true backup point guard where you could limit his minutes by not having him on the court rather than trying to hide him or trying to force him into a guy I'm that not, has to catch and shoot. Yeah, but you're 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 looking at it from like a bench point of view. I'm looking at even the starting five, even coming down the stretch of a game when you have your starting five out there, regardless of who the backup point guard is, like Chris Paul's got to be out there and he's got to produce whether Devin Booker, uh, you know, initiates the offense or McHale or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like Chris Paul's been in this league for so long. There's been other times where he has played off the ball, like for him to just come out and be like gun shy as a 37, damn near 38 year old veteran is just ridiculous. He's got to shoot the ball and you can see if he's assertive and he's confident in what he's doing, he can produce. Um, We hadn't seen that earlier this year. He was very hesitant. He was super short on almost all his shots earlier in the year. It looks like he's starting to get into the flow. Maybe he's, I don't want to say building his muscles or anything like that, but somehow, some way he's figured out, uh, you know, maybe a, a subtle twist to his technique to be able to get the ball a little bit higher in the air and a little bit further down the court. Yeah. So maybe he's um, just getting his legs under him. Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe. If you don't have your conditioning, you know, and, and being out with that sore foot, you're not going to be working on, on cardio and your legs, because that's just not what you do when you have a sore foot. Some of that could come into play. I just, I find it very odd. And I think, I think you overestimate how many times he played 
significantly off the ball. He's the point god for a reason because the damn ball was in his hands all the time, uh, trying to find find teammates. So I think that I, I think that part of it is just him being uncomfortable with a a situation he's not normally in. But hopefully this is signs of life. It's been two games that he's been pretty good. 18 and 28 points, you know, coming through, helping uh, helping this team when it needed it. I, I hope it's signs of life. I will say this. So do I. I think everybody does, obviously. Like, I, I know – and no shit. We know that he's not a shooting guard, obviously. No. But, uh, listen, the whole, the whole thing about this was preservation. And mm-hmm. whether – clearly, Monty is not capable of pulling Chris Paul out of the game. So Monty's going to version number two and, <laughs> and and trying to put him off the ball so that way he can conserve as much energy as possible there, right? Um, and listen, there's not a lot of teams that have a legit backup point guard, and I think that's a misnomer that the good teams have good backup point guards. No, they don't. Not all of them do. They have good players and they have good depth, but not every good team has good backup point guards. Like So this, I feel like it's almost like this mythical – you know, a thing that that exists out there. And I'm like, I mean, can you name more than two or three good backup point guards in the league? Probably not. No, like, look, Gorn, I know people bristle at that because of the way he left, but he's been pretty good in Chicago. He was available. Awesome. There's been they people. Have, they are like the eight games below 500. Yeah, well, okay, but. For know, a reason. Because their starters have, have not played particularly well. But when you look at it, you could have had Kemba Walker, uh, who's been playing well for uh, for Dallas. John Wall was a guy that was available, uh, you know, that, that could have come in and provided you some minutes. Uh, I just, uh, you know, there's guys that are going to be available. I brought them up before. Mike Conley is going to be available at some point in Utah, who's a true point guard. They could give you. I mean, I know that their combined age would be uh, somebody that AARP and the Coffin companies would be, uh, you know, uh, excited to welcome into their uh, into their group. But uh, AO, if you're if you're looking at one year right now, which is is what this is, you're playing for this year because nothing is guaranteed next year. Even Chris Paul being here isn't guaranteed next year. Uh, I start looking at those guys. I look around and I go what teams are going to be looking to get rid of uh, a true point guard that could be Chris Paul's backup? Yeah, I do. Listen, I, I totally agree with you uh, in, in, in a certain lane, but like, listen, the whole league passed up on Campbell Walker. It took them two months to get back wow. in the league. And so the Mavericks were desperate because they don't have shit over there because they lost Jalen Brunson. They bring in Kemba Walker and then he goes off like he gave one and everybody's like, oh, we could have had him. Like, well, yeah, but nobody was even talking about his ass until he dropped those points the other night. You know, well, um, some people thing- were were circling him as a potential guy here in Phoenix. The guy that 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 bothers me a bit, Dennis Schroeder. They apparently had interest in, and he was deciding between the Lakers and the Suns. That guy would look pretty nice as your backup to Chris Paul. Yeah, I again, I just there's there's a lot of different ways we can go about this, but at the end of the day, this is what you have, and unless you make a trade and get somebody else in the door, which isn't going to happen with an LA, um, it's no. obviously it's not going to happen with the Mavericks, and then um, you know, and John Wall, like I'm sorry, even watching him the other night, I'm like John Wall is no. just. He, He's mid he, at yeah. best. I mean, I don't think that's that's the name of somebody that was uh, was available, but you know, I I just think they need to do something there. We'll see how it plays out for him. A big talking point. I, I think but, more than the point guard, though, and this is where I feel like we always get distracted with the point guard stuff. More than anything, they need a score because if yes. you get another score in 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 the pocket, then. You're not relying on Chris Paul to have to score, okay, number one. So he could still initiate the offense, but now you're not having to rely on him to have to be an active part of the offense every single time down the court. So that could also be a compromise. No, I, I agree with you. You need you need a score. I'd like to see a, a bigger defensive guy, too, like bigger in size, not like bigger in terms of his ability on defense, but a bigger guy that could play some defense. Uh, Rick James, uh, twenty three forty five, brings up an interesting point. If you trade for Kuzma, Monte Morris could be a name that you could 
getting that deal as well. That's a guy I wouldn't mind uh, as a backup guard here as well. So Uh, another talking point that was, it's stupid, but we even talked about it here tonight. Devin Booker's attire on the bench this evening. Uh, He was wearing a Detroit Red Wings freaking pullover tonight. Uh, Some people are very confused. Other people are like, oh, cool. He's rocking it. Uh, we were we were split here. I thought it looked kind of stupid because you had the entire bench in purple and then Devin Booker just sitting there in white and red. And it's a little weird to have somebody wearing a logo of a sport. Uh, you know, I didn't care that he wasn't wearing coyotes. Some people got bent out of shape. He wasn't supporting here. But I thought it looked a little weird. Does it for you? I'm guessing it means <laughs> shit because you hate this kind of stuff. It means nothing to me at all. Like he's a Michigan kid. He grew up in Michigan. Uh, and obviously he finished his career in Mississippi. So maybe he has an affinity for the Red Wings. Cool. That's his that's his childhood team. All because players come to a city doesn't mean that they gotta rep every single team. So that part I don't care about. And the fact that it is a big red and white sweater, I've seen players wear far worse on the bench. Oh, so Ky- I don't care Kyle about Kyle Kuzma that. and a giant pink sweater yeah. that uh, covered his hands. Jacob, I'll let you in out of the penalty box, as it may be. What were your thoughts on Devin <laughs> Booker that intro. wearing the uh, Detroit Red Wings gear on the bench? I don't know like why anybody would have a problem with it. It doesn't seem like it would cause a lot of issues. I don't, I don't have I don't, an issue kind of, with it. I don't really care. I, like He's just wearing what he wants to wear. Twi- Twitter <laughs> Twitter got weird with People it. Are as soon, gatekeeping. as soon as I saw that sweater, I was like, oh, I suppose I'm about to be triggered. I'm not triggered. <laughs> I, I didn't care that he was wearing it. I just strictly. A lot of, well, no, no, you were the one that brought up the fine. No, I you? wasn't. No, Who that was Petey. Oh, Petey right. brought up the fine. Yeah. I... I'm not gonna find where would where whatever like I'm you're not gonna get fined for that. I mean this isn't this isn't David Stern's NBA the early 2000s where the dress code reigns supreme and if you're not in a three piece suit you're gonna get fined. You know <laughs> you're right over there. <laughs> Dale Gray says I have a problem with it because hockey sucks. I said that very loudly because our Coyotes people are <laughs> sitting on the other side of the studio here. So uh, we got uh, we got another game coming up tomorrow night. We'll talk about it a bit in our pregame show uh, tomorrow, obviously. But I feel like, great, you took care of the Lakers tonight, but you have to make sure you step on the Wizards' throats tomorrow night. They're not a good team. They're in a downward spiral. I, like, I feel like you have to come out and, and play very well, which is why I don't mind DeAndre Ayton only playing 25 minutes and Mikhail Bridges only playing 30 tonight because you got another game tomorrow. Yeah, back-to-back. Back. It's going to be uh, – listen, this is your last uh, – I think this is your last home game before they hit the road. I believe so. No, no, no. Friday they're at home too. Oh, yeah, Friday. And then, uh, they, then they're on the road. On so, the road for Christmas. Yeah, back-to-back, back, um, and then you, you hit up Friday, and then you're on the road on, uh, in Denver on Christmas Day. So, um, you know, I- important games for sure because you got to take advantage of these, you know, meaningless teams that show little effort, and you move on. So hopefully uh, tonight was obviously a good positive step in that direction because you didn't have to, you know, really – uh, lengthen the the time guys were on the court except for Chris Paul, and that's it. Jacob, uh, let's see if you can earn your money. You know what to do. In the darkness, beyond the light, I can't see. There him. shall only be one. That's the problem. Welcome, you hey, hey, there Gerald. you are, Gerald. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you guys? <laughs> Good, it looks good. like your internet sucks again, but other than that, we're great. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, so most important question that everybody uh, is talking about. Did you see Kyle Kuzma tonight? Uh, I did not, actually. I, I saw the pictures of him, but I didn't see him until he had already, or I didn't see where he was sitting until he had already left. I was thinking he'd be on the uh, sideline baseline or court side, but no, he was on the baseline, I think. So yeah, I'm sure everybody's been having a ball with that though. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, Gerald, I don't, what are we paying you for? If you're not going to go down and harass Kyle Kuzma in the middle of a game, come on. <laughs> um, in, uh, in all seriousness, uh, what can you tell us about injury updates? Cause that's also been the other question that has been running amok in our chat. 
Yeah, so before the game, we asked about Devin Booker, obviously the groin thing, and Monty was saying, look, that's kind of on me. Obviously, he was going off the other night, but it's a product of me playing him too many minutes. Um, so we didn't get – he didn't, you know, expound on whether it's day-to-day, what type of injury we're dealing with here. Um, it sounded like something that he just kind of aggravated from too much being put on his body. And then as far as Josh Okoge, uh after the game tonight, Monty said it was something that he kind of injured in the first half, and he tried to play through it in the second and couldn't. Um, so we'll see what the prognosis is on him moving forward um, probably tomorrow. So should – I, sh- I shouldn't ask you this, but I'm going to ask you it anyways. In your oh. opinion, uh, is this just load management uh, for Devin Booker? Uh, it, it sounds like that might have been what Monty was hinting at. I don't think so. I, I think it might have been. It, I mean, it could be. You never know. That's the tricky part with this damn team is like the way that they report injuries. It's impossible to read between the lines a lot of times. Um it very well could be because the Lakers were missing so many guys, but they didn't know that LeBron was going to be sitting. They didn't know that Westbrook was going to be sitting. And I just don't think that's really how they approach regular season games. Um, You know, Chris was asked about pacing for the playoffs and he basically kind of shot that down. He said like, if I'm available to play, I'm going to be out there playing. And so, you know, a competitor like Devin Booker uh, who's of that same kind of ilk would be in the same boat. If he could play, he would definitely be playing. Uh, you know, overall, you know, Chris Paul obviously was out there, had a probably one of his better games of the season. Um, you know, we had this debate about how much stock are you putting into this game for Chris um, as we move forward. Um, you, you know, it, it looked EJ was pointing out that it looks like he's trying, he's attempting to get to his spots. He's uh, being a little bit more assertive offensively, trying to work through some of the things that have plagued him this year. What was your overall take on what you saw out there? Yeah, I thought he played great, and I think he's getting more used to, A, the time that he's spending off the ball, and B, maximizing the time that he has with the ball, um, getting to his spots a little bit. He doesn't have that same burst as far as freeing himself up from the mid-range, but a lot of times, especially when you're playing a team like the Lakers or the shorthanded Clippers, uh, he's able to get there, set himself, and still have time to get his shot off. That's kind of what I've been seeing. But look, over the last six games, he's averaging just under 18 points a game. He's shooting, I think, like 45% from three. So he's starting to get a little bit more acclimated as a catch-and-shoot guy. And I think what we're seeing over these last handful of games is him making the most of the screens that DA and Biz are setting um, and being able to get to the spots that we've been seeing him get to over the last two years. Should we read anything into, again, DA getting a hot start and then – them kind of shying away from him and him not playing the entire fourth? No, not even remotely. They were up by like 24, 26, and then the Lakers went on a run, and then the bench kind of got things under control with an 8-0 run to close the third that put him back up by, I think it was 22 heading into the fourth. Um, so, no, I wouldn't read into that at all, really. Okay. <laughs> who'd, you, uh, who'd you hear from in the locker room uh, today outside of Monty? Uh, yeah, so we heard from we heard from Chris Paul and DA were the two that we got. Um, we also heard from the birthday boy, Tory Craig, who was trying to downplay his age, even though he went, uh, I think he was six for seven tonight, so almost perfect from the field. Um, but yeah, Chris was talking about, he was asked about uh, the too small gesture that Pat Bev hit him with. I don't know if you saw that when they were down the 26, 24, something like that. Um, and he was saying, look, like, don't even pay attention to that because he's been doing that for a long time now. And for him, it's just about playing basketball. Um, and good news for Suns fans, DA was asked about, you know, how his ankle's feeling after his first game back. He said it was great. He said the training staff was really helping him keep on top of it so that he wasn't, you know, missing more time and so he could get back sooner. Um, and obviously he was a huge difference to start this game um, just kind of that injection of energy, him being aggressive early. That's exactly what you want to see on a night where you're missing Devin Booker and a handful of other guys. Tori talk at all about his uh, efficiency from three. He was 100, 100% from beyond the arc going 4-4 tonight. Seemed like, uh, unlike last year, he's kind of found that stroke again. <laughs> yeah, he was joking because we asked him about his efficiency tonight. He was joking, well, I was inefficient the other night. I think it was 0 for three from three so he definitely it meant something to him to uh get back into it and you look at some of the shots he was having a lot of the three pointers the Suns were getting were like 
wide open walk up threes like it was a shooting drill or something. Um, and Craig definitely benefited from some of those. So he was talking about the way that they spread the ball against this Lakers defense, the way that they were um, just moving the ball, looking for those open shots really benefited them tonight. Cool. All right. Well, Gerald, uh, you've got shoot around in about 12 hours if they decide to do one on the back-to-back. So we'll let you uh, get out of here, uh, do some writing, and get some rest. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, man. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, I love that the theories floating in the chat right now. Trevor uh, Begay gave us a 199 super chat that said, Ku's choice was determined on who wins tonight or who won tonight. So I guess the Suns are the leader in the clubhouse to get Kyle Kuzma right yeah, now. I don't think that's how this works. <laughs> It'd be interesting if it was. Mike B also says, Would it wouldn't it be wild to think LA could trade eighty for Chris Stapps and Kuzma? No, no, no. They he's saying LA could trade Anthony Davis oh, for Chris Stapps and Kuz. LOL, tinfoil hat at Aspo. Heard Kuz was sitting under the hoop by the LA bench. If you're the Lakers, why would you do that? I know he's hurt. I know he's hurt, but still, like, AD's better than Kuz and and Kristaps combined. Because they're trying to get anything around uh, LeBron that can play for an extended period of time. I mean, it's great that AD can be otherworldly for four games in a row, but then he gets hurt and he's out. LeBron ain't going to be there next year anyway, so. Oh, yeah. That's true. I mean. You know what that means. This could be be an Arizona destination. Be salty about that one. <laughs> well, when Jeff Bezos owns this team and salaries mean nothing. That's right, baby. Let's get going. Let's get it going. We're gonna lose Chris Paul and we're gonna get LeBron. <laughs> I'm okay. JJ has a super <laughs> chat. I'm just trying to to read this one. Five dollars super chat from JT, who says, "Do you think Chris Boucher is a player we should go after?" Uh, He's a nice player. Um, can can hurt you at every level. He's. I don't know if he's necessarily a great fit for what the Suns do because he's kind of a tweener. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm not so sure. I, I I like his game. I do, but I, I just think there's just too too much raw development from him. Um, and again, you're talking about a team that needs a consistent player. They don't need to take a gamble. They need somebody that's going to be more of a sure thing. Unless that gamble is on some superstar out there that we've completely forgot about. That's had a rough start to the season and wants a, a fresh outlook. Um, I don't. Yeah, maybe Derrod DeRozan. Maybe that's the. Maybe that's the I, name. Also, going back to that, by the way, you had made a. Uh, 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 you had made a statement that said, um, I can't remember if it was on the show or if it was in private. Either way, I'm going to. I'm it glad out there. you're going to blast me for <laughs> a private you comment. Said, you said, "Why would you go get Demar Derozan when you already have Devin Booker?" And I think I, I said that on the show. Okay, and, and so I was thinking, I was like. Well, because DeMar DeRozan is a bucket, like he's a certified bucket, whether they do it at the mid-range level at the same time or not, you'll be able to figure that part out because of Chris Paul. Now that's where the Chris Paul factor comes in because he can facilitate to those two. He doesn't have to do the scoring. He can hand it off to those two plus Mikhail, Cam, DA, and that's what will, will take Chris Paul to another level without having to carry so much of the load. So to me, you need somebody that's just going to score no matter what to help out Devin Booker. Um, so DeMar DeRozan, to me, would be a perfect fit. I don't think it'll ever happen, but he would be a nice fit. I can see that. It just it makes me want, okay, you do that, so you're going to play CP3, book at the two, DeMar DeRozan, small forward, then you're going to play Mikhail at power? No, you you probably move Mikhail to so the you, bench. Or you trade him as or, part of that deal? Cam or Mikhail would be part yeah. of that trade. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. You you need that scorer. So that would definitely answer the question, who's the definitive number two on this team? Who's the guy that when Devin Booker struggles could score? DeRozan could do that. We've talked about it. I don't know that Kuzma is necessarily that guy. I think he's another quasi two you know number two guy number three guy like you already have with da yeah. and uh and mikhail so we'll see so i mean i know throw, you can even throw in cam in there i mean yeah true i, I know we're only at december 20th no, 19th it'll be the 20th here in an hour or so and then we're, we're still significantly away from the trade deadline but i feel like something's gonna break soon yeah, I, I feel like there will be it, the Suns may not make the first deal, 
But I think there's a few deals that will happen here shortly, and I think a Jay Crowder one will be one of them. Um, I, I, I could see that. Um, also, Gilbert Arabayo in the chat said, Toronto fire sale coming, incoming. Um, I agree. Toronto is on a downward spiral right now that I cannot figure out to save my life. I don't know what's going on over there. They're probably going to end up uh, pivoting and staying with their young core, but trading some of those valuable assets that they've been holding onto for so long after their championship years uh, to try and get some value in return. Now, who would be available from there? I know Siakam has is, is been rumored to be available. Uh, shit, Fred Van Fleet uh, could be available. I, I, I think he's injured, though. Yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that I think could uh, could be available there. I just don't... I don't know. They're still sitting at tenth in the East, right? I mean, the East is bad. True. At that at that back half, so there's still a chance. I mean, they're only. <laughs> the ironic thing is, the Bulls sit a game behind them. The Wizards sit two games behind. Those are the three teams we've yeah. heard uh, where you talk about any significant guy for the Suns could come from. Uh, and they're all still within striking distance of playing. For sure. Uh, Trevor Begay gave us a super chat. Thanks, Trevor. Uh, waiting this long for J, for a J trade better make uh, better be worth it. Okay. First it's of all, uh, uh, J, waiting for a J Crowder uh, trade to happen is not like fine wine. It doesn't get better with age. It's just <laughs> you got to find the right match. That's all that is. So uh, we might wait all the way up to the trade deadline, and then we might – trade him for for cents to the dollar we don't know it's Um, like a bad dating app you're gonna go you're you're gonna have a lot of conversations before you find the right one and the right one still might not be the right one yeah so i mean there's a lot of moving parts again if you were if we were to try and trade jay crowder before the season right um then your your options were kind of limited but as we're seeing in toronto um you know this is kind of this might end up being playing well into the sun's hands because the longer they wait more teams start to figure out what they really are and if toronto keeps sliding by the time we get to the trade deadline or even january 15th when the last window of players are available to be traded um maybe some other options open up that were not there before at the beginning of the season so it might play to your advantage so i i'm actually I know we've been desperate for a trade because this team has needed help, um, especially the last two weeks before before last Friday. Um, but it might actually pay off. So stay patient. Hopefully things will work out in our favor. Um, but it, there's just so many moving pieces because there's so many teams that feel like they still have a chance. Well, the irony is everybody still feels like this team needs help to to make it happen. They're one game back of the number one seed in the West. They're percentage points back of Denver for number two. They're sitting at number three right now in the West. They're 19 and 12, uh, even though things have been have been rough. Uh, my concern with the Toronto deal is if you're if you want Siakam, I don't know that you have the the no. horses to get him unless you're willing to part with a DA or a McHale. And then have you really become that much better at that point is my question. Now an OG and an OB uh, it's, if you get a little further down in that roster, you may be able to find guys that can help that could be in your price range. I just know everybody wants the big name, and I don't know that they're going to have enough. Yeah, Siakam would be out of the question. Uh, Van Fleet, I think numbers-wise, would also be out of the question. So you'd be looking at um, some other pieces um, that they, maybe they'd be willing to get rid of. Um, again, I don't think you're going to get a superstar for Jay Crowder. Definitely. Um, but – you know who knows, man. There's a lot of moving pieces. A three-way trade. The only way you get you get a superstar somehow, some kind of way, is if you do package a three-way trade for draft capital and things of that nature in order to get there with another team. But solo, one for one, they ain't happening. Yeah, Killer Rex says Terrence Ross. It's another name. I don't know. That it's, it's the one it's, that answers again. Your it's, it's a filler. Yeah. You know, it's a filler. You need. Uh, you need. Again, you need somebody that has one discernible skill and primarily you would hope that that was shooting because that's what yeah. you need. You need to score like buddy healed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm yes. not saying buddy healed's available, but buddy healed has that one discernible skill that, you know, is shooting and I don't give a fuck what else he can, he can do. <laughs> he can shoot yeah. the ball. That's what you need right now. Uh, you know what? Never let you down though. It isn't a filler. Illegal Pete's our friends over at illegal. It does Pete's fill me up. Are one of the, uh, one of the newest members of the PHNX family, and they have some of the best Mexican food. 
that you're going to get. Uh, and they're they're here in Tempe. They're down in Tucson. No matter where you're listening in the state, they've got you covered. And we're excited to welcome them here to the family. Check out their location off of Mill and Tempe. Plus, when you purchase $100 in gift cards. So if you buy a gift for somebody else, you're going to get $25 for yourself. And that's it's always nice when you get a little kickback on it. You, you can go. do something nice for someone else and get something nice for yourself. And also... Be on the lookout for a few informal happy hours over there at Illegal Pete's with our PHNX Sun Devils crew. Uh, those guys know how to eat and how to drink hard. You'll be able to go out there and have some fun with them. That's all we got for you tonight. We appreciate you being here. We'll be right back here in these seats tomorrow night. Suns Wizards uh, coming at you. We'll have pregame at 630. We'll be here for postgame. So for Saul Bookman, you can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. I'm Espo. You can follow me at Espo. And remember, Lindsay can't get back soon enough. Ahoy, hoy. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsay Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan.